Good morning, everyone. We will be in Genesis chapter 17 today. Genesis chapter 17. Uh, we are in this sermon series uh, that's entitled A Strong Tower. I've been using uh, that passage in Proverbs 18, uh, verse 10, that says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it, and they are saved. And we have looked at several names of God throughout the Old Testament, specifically centering around Moses. Today, we are switching our attention uh, to another major character in the Bible, Abraham, and how God revealed him himself to Abraham. So uh, we'll be reading Genesis 17, uh, verses 1 through 8, and then we'll dive into this passage. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him. He said, I am God Almighty. I am El Shaddai. Walk before me and be blameless. I will confirm my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. And Abram, he fell face down before God and said, as for me, this is my covenant with you. This is what God said to Abram. You will be the father of many nations, and no longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you. Kings will come from you. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for the generations to come to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. The whole land of Canaan, where you are now an alien, I will give as an everlasting possession to you and your descendants after you, and I will be their God. Let, let's pray. Father, I'm grateful for your word grateful for this opportunity that we can gather, grateful for the technology where uh, those who are sick or out of town can gather as well. And this, this moment where we study your word, I pray, is driven by your Holy Spirit. Father, we believe in your power and your power to speak to us. And we pray that you'll do that this morning. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, my son, Charlie, is uh, 10 years old. He's always the first one at the dinner table who wants to pray. I love his enthusiasm for prayer. I remember during the pandemic that Charlie would often pray, Lord, please make COVID go away. What a sweet and unrealistic prayer. But at this point in the pandemic, many of my friends and family have gotten COVID. My mother had even died of COVID earlier that year. But at the time, Charlie was nine years old, praying that it will just go away. Did you doubt like I doubted? Did you hear what I said? Did you hear how a 42-year-old man with two degrees in the Bible had less faith than a nine-year-old. 
How mighty is our God? At that moment, I didn't think God was mighty enough to defeat COVID. El Shaddai, the Lord Almighty, is very similar to the word that we use for Yahweh in its historical importance. If you remember, there are three major covenants that God makes in the Old Testament. The first covenant is made to Abraham, second to Moses, the third to David, all very similar, but it's God's covenant, his promise with his people. And as God revealed himself in his covenant with Israel through the name Yahweh to Moses, God now uses a different name before Moses even came along to reveal himself, El Shaddai. And El Shaddai will hold a very similar value that it held with Moses. So today we want to discuss why this name is so important for the journey that Abraham and his kids will take and the different definition used by scholars historically. Uh, so put on your thinking caps because we're going to get a little bit deep into the Hebrew text. El Shaddai is translated here in my New International Version Bible as God Almighty. And, and that's what it truly means, that our God is almighty. Within this context, God is changing Abram's name to Abraham. He would later change Sarai's name to Sarah within the same context because God is charting a course where he will be with Abraham and Sarah in a mighty way. Earlier in Genesis, God had to save Abraham's nephew, Lot. And if you remember that story, Abraham took 318 men and he routed and defeated several kings and their armies. Abraham did so by the mighty power of God. God's mighty power protected the promise, making sure that Abraham would be fruitful. 1 Chronicles 29 verse 11 says, Yours, Lord, is the greatness. Yours, Lord, is the power, is the glory, is the majesty, is the splendor. For everything in heaven and on earth is yours. Yours, Lord. Yours is the kingdom. You're exalted as head over all. His kingdom is everlasting. His might, his power is everlasting. It never fades. You remember that there was a man who claimed to float like a butterfly and sting like a bee. You remember that Sports Illustrated crowned him the sportsman of the century. His nickname was the greatest. He was a three-time world heavyweight champion, Muhammad Ali. But where was that left hook followed by a hard right to the face that brought down George Foreman in the rumble in the jungle? Well, Ali died in 2016 at the age of 74, the greatest died of Parkinson's disease, one that speaks to Jessica and I. 
Parkinson's is a progressive neurodegenerative disorder. It's a lifetime condition that affects the brain and the symptoms just keep getting worse and worse. Parkinson's happens when those cells don't produce the dopamine and so they stop working or they die. And though that dopamine, it, it, it plays pretty powerful roles in the body. It affects us physically and mentally. Therefore, Ali had resting tremors, slowness of movement, loss of motor skills. My mother-in-law died of Parkinson's disease. It's difficult to watch as that takes control of the body. And as Muhammad Ali died, it's a reminder to us that we as humans are very frail. Even the strongest today will eventually lose their strength. But not so with El Shaddai. El Shaddai will never stop being mighty over all. To quote the lyrics of the song Amy Grant made famous, age to age you're still the same by the power of the name. El Shaddai, almighty God. Now, here's another definition for you this morning. El Shaddai means overcomer. This uh, root word in the Hebrew is shadu, S-H-A-D-U, shadu. And it means that God will overcome. God will do what he intends to do. In other words, we should probably get in line, Amen. El Shaddai is used throughout the Old Testament, but primarily it's used in Genesis and it's used in Job. Ah, Job. You remember the story of Job? Job was a righteous man who had lost everything. Satan took his livestock, his home, his kids, his health. Job had so many questions for God. Why is this happening his friends had so many thoughts and opinions, but it was God, it was El Shaddai, who essentially said, I'm going to do what I intend to do, because El Shaddai is God, and we are not. And that is so very important for Abraham to understand, because Abraham was full of inadequacies, Right? Abraham was full of inadequacies, and he needed someone, God, to overcome those inadequacies. I'm going to be a little crude here, but within the context of this passage, Abraham is being given a covenant, a promise that he is going to be with Abraham, that he's going to make him fruitful. He's 99 years old, and he's going to make him fruitful. Sarah is not too much younger, and she's going to be fruitful. And then this is what God does. He makes a promise and says, I want you and your family to be circumcised. Now, I'm not a doctor, okay? Y'all know that, right? But I think if I had a patient who was 99 years old and wanted to have babies... I would say, keep that flint knife away from your, right? 
But God didn't say that, did he? God said, you're 99 years old, and I want you to take a flint knife to your foreskin. And look what Abraham, well, look what El Shaddai accomplished through Abraham. Less than one, or more than one year later, at 100 years old, Isaac would be born. Because God is the overcomer. He is almighty. He is El Shaddai. He will do what he intends to do. And it doesn't matter how inadequate Abraham was. It didn't matter how old. It didn't matter the stumbling blocks along the way. God was going to do what he intended to do. And Paul understood El Shaddai. Because in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, he says, Therefore, in order to keep me from being conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me. And and Paul said, "I, I pleaded three times with the Lord, take it away from me. But this is what El Shaddai said to Paul. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And so Paul says, I will boast all the more gladly in my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties because when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Do you hear it? Do you hear it? Overcomer, El Shaddai uses the weaknesses that you and I possess, and he does great and mighty things. El Shaddai means overcomer. It means God Almighty. And finally, it means provider. Now, this is one of the most controversials, uh, controversial definitions for El Shaddai. It comes from the Hebrew word shad, which means woman's breast. But I read this earlier this week. Like the mother is source of everything for her infant needs, comfort when he cries, care when he is sick, sustenance when he's hungry, protection when he is danger, all that the baby needs is found in the mother of all we need in life, El Shaddai, the breasted one. And God nurtures and provides for Abraham. In fact, God reveals himself as El Shaddai in a very repetitive sequence throughout Genesis. To Abraham, he reveals himself as El Shaddai right here in the text, Genesis 17. He will make him fruitful. To Isaac, in Genesis chapter 26, he reveals himself as El Shaddai. And guess what he says? I'm going to make you fruitful. To Jacob, Abraham's grandson, he is El Shaddai. And in Genesis 35, he repeats it. I will make you fruitful. And the definition is incredibly interesting because do you guys remember what Sarah did when she found out that she was going to have a kid in her old age? She laughed. She laughed because she didn't think that she could nurse. She thought she was far beyond the age to nurse. 
And then what did God do? He sustained his promise. He sustained his promise. How many of you have ever done the hand check when you're driving? You guys know the hand check? My sister used to do this to me when uh, she's about 10 years older than I am. And so she was driving when I was very young. And uh, she, she would do that in her Ford Pinto, right? She would do this with a shag carpet. You know what I'm talking about, don't you, Dennis? She would do this. She'd slam on the brakes and go like this, right? Anybody? Anybody do that to your, 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 your drivers? The other day, Jessica and I were riding to, uh, I think, Dollywood or something like that. And we were driving through Sevierville. And she, she was driving. She slammed on the brakes because someone cut her off. And guess what she did? She did that to me. I'm like twice the weight of Jessica. And she did that to me like she was going to stop me. And I, I remember I said to her, I said, Jessica, I'm a grown man. I'm a grown man. And I got to thinking about that week, this, this week, and I, and I thought about the idea of nurturing, right? Because what do we think of when we think of nurturing? We think of children. We don't think about grown men, and we certainly don't think about grown women. Nurturing should be for kids, for little, independent people. We don't need help. We don't need nurturing. But notice what John says in 1 John 4, 16. And so we know and we rely on the love of God that he has for us because God is love. And notice this. He says, whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. And it was John who, who would record the words of Jesus when he talks about being the branch and how we need to be grafted in and how we need to stay a part of that so we can have nourishment. Because here's the reality, folks. Somehow we get older and we think I'm a grown man. I can do this on my own. I am able to do it. And God, God says, no, nah, you can't. But I'm here for you. God Almighty nourished and sustained Abraham and Sarah, did mighty things beyond what they would ever think was even capable, laughable at the time. El Shaddai is a powerful promise made to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and we even discussed made to Job. And El Shaddai is also in the New Testament. You remember Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, when Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Because he wanted to remind us that he is still El Shaddai. He is still mighty over all. He still does what he intends to do. God still nurtures. We desperately need a God who is mighty. And we desperately need a God who overcomes our inadequacies. We need a God who will nurture us. Phillips, Craig, and Dean made popular a song years and years ago called Your Name. 
And the chorus goes like this. Your name is a strong and mighty tower. Your name is a shelter like no other. Your name, let the nations sing it louder. Because nothing has the power to save but your name. Today, as we approach communion, Dennis is going to play for us that song. And I ask you to reflect on El Shaddai. I invite you to go to one of these three tables and take the cup. The top cup has the juice. The bottom cup has the bread. They represent the new promise of God, which is protected and secured by El Shaddai. Let's pray together. Father God, I am grateful that you are mighty over all. Grateful that you still nurture us. I'm grateful, Lord, that you, your powers made even more seen in our weaknesses. And as we uh, gather around the table, I pray that this will be a time that we can celebrate your name, celebrate what you have done, celebrate what you did on the cross. And we pray these things in Jesus' name.